It is with a sense of great honor and privilege that I introduce to you our director and speaker this morning, Reverend Dr. Patrick Cameron, whose talk today is Start Again. very room there's quite enough love for all the world and in this very room there's quite enough joy for all the world and there's quite enough love and quite enough power to walk through our every fear or spirit one spirit is in this very room in this very room very room. So I invite you, as well as myself, to recognize the presence, the unseen presence, and the felt presence, and that deep sense of connection with our true self, that higher wisdom self, in this moment, that is always there, always resourcing us, never, ever quitting on us, always available and I would as we recognize that presence as we feel it or sense it or have a physical experience of it we all connect with it differently it doesn't matter how and so in the recognition of that and, and understanding that that greater life is my life that there is no separation only that which I create myself I put down the walls of restriction in this moment and I, I bless this day, I bless this moment and gratitude and appreciation. Grateful for the lungs in my body that worked, for legs that brought me here, that carried me here. For the opportunity to come together, to be alive at this point in time, an, an amazing time on this planet. And to know that each and every one of us is supported beyond measure, loved. And that next right knowing for each and every one of us is available and so I look this day with those eyes I rely on my spiritual practice wherever I am I ground myself in the truth of my being that my life is God's life it's spirits life I am pressed down and blessed in every good way I choose to live in the third kingdom of consciousness I choose not to feel victimized by my life I choose to realize there is enough because I have the, I stand in faith with you and know that everything necessary for each and every one of us to understand and where it appears to be limitation is simply not a, a denial on spirit's part but an opportunity for to step up and to adopt and embrace a larger idea of possibility a bigger God for, for spirit can only be as large in my life in my consciousness as I allow it to be and so this moment is perfect. Our gathering this day is perfect. What is unfolding and revealing itself in, through, in and through and as each and every one of us is perfect. And I just give thanks. I hold this glass of water in my hand. And what I know about this in the declaration I make is it came from the tap in Edmonton. But we bless it. 
It is blessed water in this moment because our consciousness blesses it. What a beautiful practice, not only here, but in our homes each day. And so I choose to declare this water blessed as I hold it in love with you. For this I give thanks, and together we say, and so it is. And thank you, Reverend Tammy. So we're, we are, uh, we've been in starting, starting over mood, mode, mood, mood and mode this month. And today is uh, the, uh, the, the final day of that um, uh, beginning, the spiritual practice. Did everyone get a tile on their way in? A little white tile? Good, the clean slate? Anyway, we, we've got our tiles out today. We've got some pens to, that we'll write on these tiles. But I want to talk about that. I want, to, I want to sort of prepare the soil of consciousness before we do anything. And you, you may already know what your quality of, of, of the infinite, really it's a quality of the divine that you'd like to express and to experience more of this year. But it really is so powerful when we write it down. We recognize we start with a clean slate. We actually start with a clean slate every day. And so January 5th, we talked about making room for the new and, and talking about starting and how fear can in, in, interfere with those, these ideas of starting. You know, fear kind of speaks to both ends of the continuum. One is that, well, don't pursue your dream because it'll just break your heart and it's impossible. So why expose oneself to that, that type of limitation or that situation or that experience? And the other is, is that if I do start, I got to do it all at once and I got to do it right now. And the great wisdom that, that we had an opportunity to look at from John Acuff, John Acuff's book, Start, from Average to Awesome, is that we just start little. You start where you are. You start small, but you start. And I like that, because all of us can start small. So I, I want to keep that idea alive today for all of us, because our de- what we de- how we decide to move forward. See, this community, someone asked Ernest Holmes one time, what's going to happen with our movement? Where are we going to go? This was years and years ago. Dr. Holmes died in 1960. And he said, it's going to go the only place that we decide it goes. It's not destiny. It's not written in stone. It's, we, are, we, are the crea- we are in co-creation. Now, for in co-creation and victim consciousness, it looks completely different. Let's, let's circle the wagons and, and protect ourselves. And then we isolate, and then we can come in and we can hold each other's hands because we love each other so much and sing Kumbaya and feel good about ourselves. And we have a small group thing going and maybe somebody wants to do that and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, because you can get together and hold hands and sing Kumbaya and Third Kingdom of Consciousness, which is co-creation, which is understand we're not here to circle the wagons. I don't believe we're here to circle the wagons. I don't believe we're here to live in the Second Kingdom of Consciousness, which is to push the fear down so we can manage our lives. But that's a very popular idea. What I, what I know is that with the opportunity, and this is why we've been doing so much co-creation work in the, in the sacred healing circles, we had a wonderful, wonderful experience with that on, uh, I think it was Thursday evening. But those are the practices that deepen us and deepen us and deepen us. And, and, and if we're in those situations, if we're in the struggle with that, it's not, a, it's not wrong. It's just incomplete. And so fear shows up. Fear says, okay, don't start. Don't even bother starting because this is just going to be heartbreak. Or if you start, you've got to get it done all at once. So start small. On January 12th, we talked about shifting energy with grace and power. Shifting our energy, wherever we are, 
Whatever kingdom of consciousness seems to be the propensity where we live, how can we shift that and transform that? And that's the beauty of it. It's not a problem. It's our opportunity for growth and to deepen. And so how do we shift it? And so what is the one thing that I can do? What is the one thing that I can do which starts to focus on this, this tile a little bit? What's the one thing that I can do? What's, what's the quality? What, is the, what are the nutrients that I can put into the garden of my own consciousness that are going to make everything else different? It could be, uh, you know, and, and what is that? So I'm going to share some ideas around the, the purposes of spiritual practice. This year's theme is spiritual practice. So I brought the top 10, I know people love lists, the top 10 reasons to have spiritual practice in our lives. And the January 19th is the look, fear, and the faith. Because really, to make a lot of these shifts and changes, it requires faith. And so what we, we offer, and what I'm so excited about as well, is one of the things that we offer is we offer prayer support. And there's wonderful things happening. I'm going to share a little bit of it with you today as we move into our ritual. But there's wonderful things happening in consciousness on this planet. Wonderful things. There are some major shifts going on. We, and we see things happening on the planet right now that would, would tend for many people to look like, man, where are we going and what are we doing with resources? There's 30 new diseases on the planet right now that we don't have any antidotes for. And so if we're in, if we're in victim consciousness, why would we even leave our homes? But you know what? They're not, they're not pro proliferating as if some of the people that do these measurements have predicted. They're not moving. They're not catching hold. They're simply, there's a, things flaring up and dying out. And being, being grounded in spiritual practice, being grounded to the idea that consciousness precedes experience, I think the work that we do individually as a movement connected to a larger movement of people that are possibility thinkers are helping to mitigate the possibilities. Ernest Holmes says in our textbook, written in 1923, mankind, humanity has learned enough through struggle, lack, and limitation. Look at the wars. Look at the history of war upon the planet. We are a tribal, we're, we're growing out of a tribal mindset of war and combat. And you know what's helping us grow out of it is Facebook and Twitter. All of our young kids, you know, the, the, the young kids in Iran are connected to the young kids in France and in England and Israel. And they're starting to unravel this tribal warfare that says, man, we got to do something different. I mean, it's exciting. I know it's, it's overwhelming sometimes, this, the internet, you know, I, I feel sometimes a victim because I got to bring somebody in to help me get back on or whatever. But there's one of the things that is so beautiful and amazing is that we are in this constant communication and the generations that are coming up aren't buying into this stuff anymore. They're smart enough to know I don't want to have to have this, these ancient feuds going on with my neighbors. I'd like to get a great education. I'd like to, to expand the possibility of sharing my gifts upon the planet. These things are going on. And so when, we, when we're doing our spiritual practice, when we're deepening, when we're looking fear in the faith and saying, man, this scares me, we have choices. We're always a choice. We can quit any time. My teacher used to say to me, Patrick, stop complaining. Stop puling. I was, her word for whining, which I thought was really nice. She made up a word for me. Either do your spiritual practice or go home. And every once in a while, I'd go home for a while, and I'd go, eh, she's right. Got to go back. 
Because the same fear that I had about whatever was going on there was still alive in my life. And I realized, wow, I, I think I need, to be, I need to be aligned with a bigger idea. I need, I need the mentoring. I need the coaching. And so one of the f- purposes of spiritual practice to have in our lives, and there's a variety of them, and we're looking at them. This month is study. One of them is clarity. The clarity in the midst of, of the overflowing and demanding days. To stand in clarity. Practice spiritual practice, meditation, chanting, uh, journaling, um, service, circulation, celebration. It provides clarity. Hopefully you come here and you hear the music and there's a message that inspires you and touches you deeply, reinforces you. Perhaps you've got some doubt about the world and where you're going and what's happening. But the whole idea of coming together is, is one, number one with, with, with uh, spiritual practice is clarity. So we can choose in a different way. And what practice does, spiritual practice, is it wipes the fog from the lens of our minds and makes us blessedly sharper. Hmm. Do I want to run with this old pattern of thinking or do I want to change it? Number two is attention to completing tasks. I know for myself that when I, I can become very distracted and do, get a lot of things going and then nothing gets completed. But what I know about spiritual practice is if I start my day right, I have a better chance of finishing it well and bringing things to completion. Third reason for spiritual practice, joy and uplift become more readily available. Our natural state, as I spoke this month about, is one of joy. It's our natural state to be in joy. So when you, when, when, is it rare for you to be in joy and celebration? Like, it's all small stuff. Someone came back from John of God with me and said, it's all small stuff, I'm getting it. I said, absolutely, absolutely, come on. I mean, I just, you just gotta chuckle at all the stuff that goes on. And, Oh my gosh. Yeah, I get it. I get it. You're scared. But, but, but joy is a choice too. And spiritual practice can help lift us up. Number four, it steadies and grounds us in change. Change is the nature of the world. There's stuff happening. And if we don't believe that God is at the, that, that spirit is alive in all of it, but it's not predestined, we choose. We choose. And so what am I choosing in this moment? Because I can participate in the, in the fear and the, in, the, in the victimization and not enough this lack and limitation. Or I can say, you know what? I need a bigger idea in my life. You know, August, August Gold tells a great story. She's a wonderful minister and I love her dearly. And you can get online and listen to some of her stuff. She's in New York City. And she said at one point in time that long story she tells is quite beautiful. But uh, bottom line is they were being evicted from the, the place where they... they uh, uh, held service. I mean, one of August's problems was uh, she was she was growing so fast. They kept having to move from location to location to location. And finally, this person that they were renting from came in and said, "You guys can't come here anymore. We don't want you anymore." And she went home really upset, really angry. And what she realized in her own prayer work and doing her own spiritual practice, which was contemplation, meditation, prayer, asking for guidance, doing her forgiveness work as fast as possible. She realized that what she was doing initially was she was praying that the bills would get smaller. She was using a spiritual practice, affirmative prayer, to shrink the bills. And she realized, you know, I'm misusing this practice. What I need to do is, is pray and, and welcome a bigger God in my life, a bigger possibility. And said, so as soon as she made that shift, the doors of opportunity just opened for her, revealed themselves, because she got out of this, I got to shrink this, I got to make this smaller, I got to, you know, I got to, whatever she had to do. It's not by our hand. But we are given, all of us are given intuitively messages. And then it's our opportunity to look at them and say, is this really the path I want to go down? 
Number five, it keeps us afloat and even keeled in riotous, in riotous emotional storms. Anybody here ever have a riotous emotional storm besides me? And so when we've got a bit of, of, of grounding in spiritual practice, which reconnects us with the truth of our being, when that stuff happens, it doesn't mean it isn't uncomfortable, doesn't mean it doesn't want to make us want to run out the door, but it simply slows us down a little bit. It simply, it's, it simply allows us to go, yeah, you know what? This is, this, is that, this is that feeling I feel when I'm feeling, I don't know what to do, when I feel lost, when I don't, when I don't feel love. Number six, it allows you and I to see life on a macro level. A bigger picture, a bigger picture. You know, what's, you know we are here today and, the, and we're here in 2014 and what's the possibilities as we come together? You know, what wants to happen here? How can we use all of our gifts and talents in terms of individually and collectively to create a greater good? To create a, a, a larger expression of spirit upon the planet? And the way that I do that is I get in higher and higher and higher relationship with it. Doesn't mean I fall out of, don't fall out of relationship at times. But what I know about and, and what's, what's happened for me is that I've gotten to practice this in my, in my life. God can't show up for me to, to love God in, in a sense of a personality or a form. That's not what we teach. God is a principle. It's a vibration. It's a calibration. And as the Jewish tradition says that, you know, to see God, you would, you would uh, burn up in fire which is just the metaphor to, to, you know, to get beyond this idea that, that God is the anthropomorphic presence. What it is, is that God is, that God is uh, this principle that is alive for us. So when we see it at a, at a larger capacity and that all of us are in this together, we're all connected. We're all connected. And we, we speak to one another all the time. We're communicating all the time. On a, on a micro level, number seven, the micro level, a quieter and deeper relationship with our inner life. A quieter and deeper relationship with your inner life. Number eight is it assists us in staying grounded in the simplicity of now. So what's taking us out of now? Because now is our only point of power. Now is the only place I can make a decision. Number nine, it creates a personal intimacy. It touches us so intimately that without it we would feel lost. I feel that way about meditation. I'm, a very, I'm, I'm devoted to my meditation, and if I miss it, I feel like I've missed an opportunity. But I didn't start out that way. It wasn't the first, you know, the first five or six years of meditation. It was like, oh, I've got to meditate. I know it's good for me. I know I feel better. I know I calm down. And now it's become, wow, I get to meditate. First thing Laura and I do when we get up in the mornings, we sit in meditation together, and then we do affirmative prayer out loud about our day. You know, it's taken us a while to get there and be consistent with and be devoted to it. Because what I want to do is I want to know that whatever I confront, that I've already asked for the assistance, I've already affirmed the support, I've already affirmed my divine connection. And then sometimes during the day I've got to reaffirm it because I forget, because stuff happens. Number 10, it connects you to and reveals our true spirit. It connects us with our divine self. Ultimately, all of us must summon the courage to make room for spiritual practice. Because it's not automatic. It's not, it's not something we just fall into. And it's an experiment. It's an instigator at any given time of peace, elation, to chill out. It gives us a chance for evocative reflection. We must be willing to face whatever arises within this, this human form to touch and to touch the sacred in ourselves more frequently. And so 
there's a lot of wonderful things happening here that I, I just think are so much in alignment with the, the bigger things that are happening upon the planet. The small group uh, ministries are not just about our coming together here. There's, there's, um, there's some wonderful research that's alive, and, and Laura and I attended a, a, a conference yesterday, and actually today, well, uh, we're going to go back for the second half this afternoon, but part of it is what they shared was what's happening with consciousness upon the planet. And there's actually, there's actually a group and an initiative called the Global Coherence Initiative. And you can go online and you can go on YouTube and you can see Greg Braden. I know a lot of people here have read Greg Braden. He's very involved with this and he's brought his science to what's happening. But in the Global Coherence Initiative, what they now are able to do is measure the level of the heart and the connection. And the way they've, scientists have done this, this is, this is not like woo-woo stuff. I know it sounds, it sound, but they are able, actually able to calibrate and measure because what the heart does, what they know the human heart does is it emits an electrical current. There's an electrical magnetic current that we all participate in in, in our hearts. And what happens is when there's coherence, our heartbeats match. So I think a bit of what happens for all of us when we come together in community and we recognize ideas and we hear a beautiful song is we start to come together in coherence. I would say coherence is love. There's a wonderful story. Um, if you want to go online and uh, watch Greg Braden's thinking, talking to uh, oh, Dave Miller, I think his name is. But if you Google on YouTube Greg Braden and the global coherence, you'll find the link. And it's about an hour lecture. And uh, the fellow, and I think I've got his name right, Dave Miller was talking about his son um, and uh, a friend who had a dog. And the dog's name was Mabel. And his son was in his teens, 12 or 13. And they developed this beautiful relationship. So every time the, the boy would walk through the door, Mabel would come over and they would just spend all their time together. You've seen that and probably have had those experiences. And, what, and he said, you know, I want to measure this because he was the one that had put together this, this global, one of the movers and shakers in this global uh, coherence initiative. And what they found is that when they were separated, their heart, their EKG on their hearts, was, would, there was a, a way to measure this, the electromagnetic, they can, they can chart it now with some of the sophisticated, we have such sophisticated measurements now. And what they found is as soon as the dog and him came together, their heartbeats started to match. There was this coherence because they come together in love. I mean, we, it, this is stuff we know. I mean, we, we know this without measuring it. I just think it's fascinating because this is really good for the people that are really linear, linear, right? And so what happens now is that, that what they've done is there's actually two satellites circling the planet that measure this stuff. And this, who knew? And they actually thought they were going to have to put land uh, sensors out uh, on the, uh, across the planet. They wanted to measure this, what's happening globally with the planet. And they said it'll probably take about 50 sensors. Well, they have one in California right now. Of course, California is the land of fruits and nuts and, and all this stuff. And just bear with me a minute because I know it's, 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 it's a, it's, I, I think what it does is just simply validates what Holmes, Dr. Holmes was talking about for years. But what they realize now, they probably only need about a dozen of these because of the data that they're collecting in California. But they've been doing this for a number of years. And, and what they found is that it's, and so it's a scientific based idea. It's no different than when we do the world peace meditation at the beginning of the year, by the way. A group of people come together in love and they hold that in meditation. It's exactly what we're doing. 
So I'm just going to give you a different perspective on this. It's a science-based initiative to unite millions of people in a heart-focused care and intention. Heart-focused care and intention. To shift global consciousness from instability and discord to balance, cooperation, and enduring peace. To balance, cooperation, and enduring peace. Does anybody have an issue with that? Let me know. Isn't that a lovely idea? So when we talk about we're going to do small group here, and I love that, but this is truly what's happening when we come together in small group. There's coherence. Because the four pieces of the small group stuff that we love and that we've been drawn to, and I know that in my ministry what I realize is this is the next door for us to open and to to explore and to nurture and to develop. The first piece is love. We come together and we love. We check in. We talk about one another. We get to know one another. We connect at the heart level and say, oh my gosh, I didn't know that's going on in your life. I'm going to have you on my prayer list. It takes us out of the isolation. Love. Then there's a learn piece. So somebody says, you know what? I got this whole thing. This piece, I'll bring it next month. We'll talk about it. Or next week or how often you meet. And it's a learn piece. And then you decide. You decide what you're going to do. You decide what you're going to... If you're going to have a meal together, you decide whose house and what you're going to have and who's going to bring whatever. Or it could be that you're in a service group. But what it does is it connects us in this coherence. There's a much bigger thing happening. And then you do. Love, learn, decide, and then you do. There's an activity to it. And see what we're being called to do and, and through this and through and, and what I think on the planet right now is to not just think about these things, not just entertain these ideas for an hour on Sunday. It's to take it into our lives and make it purposeful and meaningful so that we're not going out and converting anybody by our, by our, our vocabulary, but we're inspiring one another through our behavior. I stand for this over here. I stand for possibility over here. This is, and, and, and those ideas are, they're percolating. They're percolating. So what's happened with this? They've been measuring this for a while. So let me tell you what the results are. As they say, I'm going to back up a second. The human heart creates the mag- magnetism that is measurable. Our hearts are connected to the magnetic field of the earth. We're connected to the earth. The indigenous people know this. This is not new information, but indigenous people that have not been formally educated, understand this, and they always have. Whatever happens to, to, to our life and to one another happens to everyone. Holmes said it another way, so there's no private good. So they have these two satellites going. One is in the southern hemisphere, one is in the northern hemisphere. They're, they're called GOES. Their Earth's magnetic field shows when, the, when we come together and our hearts are joined in coherence. It measures coherence, it measures connection. And so what they know now is that, that when Princess Diana died, it spiked, big, huge spike. So many people were cracked open in sadness and sorrow. Yeah, people, she was, you know, a beloved figure. You know, she represented so much to so many people. When 9-11 hit, two planes go in and all these people die. It's a huge spike. In fact, there was a spike prior to it, which, which reflects the divine intuition that we all carry. There was, it spiked, they said, several hours before it happened, there was a, a, an increase in the magnetic resonance of people, of this response we were having, which they, they, uh, they in their conjecture, theorized that, that it was the collective intu- intuition knowing something was, was eminent. There's also the tsunami when it happened in Sri Lanka. 300,000 people died. Huge spike there. But what's happened recently, you know, we had we, 2012, and there's a lot of stuff about 2012 and the end of the, you know, the calendars that we knew and all this stuff. But what's happened in 2012, and a significant event happened like never before on the planet. 33, 33 miners got trapped. Remember that in, in Chile? 
33 miners were trapped. They were trapped for 70 days, perhaps a little longer. I don't have all the details with me, but 33 miners were trapped, and they measured it. Over a billion people watched that event, which means on the internet, on television, a billion people watched that. And the spike in the, in the uh, magnetic resonance based on the individual hearts coming together collectively was huge. It was huge. And it was the first time that we have come together collectively out of joy and celebration that we can measure. I mean, I don't think it was possible before because we didn't have the internet. We didn't have the instantation communication. I mean, the, the resources that went into that. And there's huge significance around the number of miners and all this stuff that's I'm not even going to describe to you. But I believe it marks a significant shift in consciousness on the planet. That people came together in love. 25 countries sent aid. And people and the best miners in the world went down there and they, and they drilled. And they were just drilling randomly. I mean, they knew they had an idea where they were going to go, but they, you know, they, the, who knows what a drill bit's going to do. They were down 700 meters. Huge distance. And so the, the point I'm making is with this, this random way they measure the heart's resonance, it was huge. A billion people in prayer and celebration when these guys came up one by one. Sweet. And so I looked at that and I thought, here's our small groups. We're doing small group. And there's so much great possibility because what happens is there's such a great, there's such a great opportunity in resonance. And, I'm not, and, and to come together in, in our prayer work to understand that, man, when we're doing our prayer work, when we're holding the highest possible vision for ourselves and for one another. We're adding to this, this magnetic resonance of love. So it's not just us. We're not just alone in this. And there's a whole group of us on this planet that believe something. We have the opportunity. We're not stuck in any of this. This is not, this is not destiny. None of, us, none of our lives are destined to look a certain way. But it's about opportunity. And I just find that quite a lovely story. I mean, I'm, I, I accept that story as true for me. I think, as Dr. Holmes said, we've learned enough through suffering and misery. It's time to show up and be those ambassadors in the presence of love and possibility and enough in our lives, enough with the fear, enough with the lack and the limitation. And I get it, and I think when we have it alive in us, we need to express it. We need to express it, but I want to be around a group of people that when I start to talk, to talk in that way, reminds me of the truth of my being. Because you start agreeing with me on lack and limitation where two or more in agreement it is done. I want to be around a practitioner. I want to be around a prayer partner that's prayed up, that's got spiritual practice going, that's, that reminds me, hey, look, man, you know what? I get it. And what you're saying is true for you in the moment, but it's not the truth of your being. And so you have your tiles today. And what I would say to us this year is what quality, and I know the pens are in the back, but I encourage you if you're clear about what quality of being would add so much to your experience. And, and for me, you know, I started out, I've got, a, I've got a prayer I work with every day on beauty, and I love beauty. Beauty is, connects me to, to mother, mother Earth. You know, I don't know. I don't know what the word is I'm gonna write on this, but when I know it, I'm gonna write it down and I'm gonna use that as well. And then what activity can I, can I do each day that helps grow that quality in me? I want a quality that stretches me. You know, maybe it's as simple as peace. Maybe it's relief. You know, the relief of all the worry and the things I got to fix and the, and the uh, you know, I don't know. I'm just sharing with you what it might be. 
But it's powerful when we write something down and we make a, we make a vow to ourselves. We make a vow to ourselves. And, it, and, and to live in closer and closer proximity to the, the true self that we are. And so I just encourage you to, to, to use this as a touchstone. You know, in neurolinguistic programming, what, do you, what part of your body do you touch to remind yourself the truth of your being? Do you have a trigger? It's very powerful. Don't say, I have a trigger. You know, the people who do the tapping? Those guys? But, but maybe you should put, put a finger on your, your pulse over here. Maybe you should, when you join your hands in a certain way. Maybe it's when you touch your ear. I don't know what it would have been. But it helps us to have a physical trigger that grounds us and remind ourselves when we start to spin out in the fear and the apprehension that we're, we're connected, that we're all connected. And when I hear the story of how the, 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 co- the, um, the coherence measurement of our heart's connection spikes and amplifies like never before when a billion people are in prayer around a certain idea, it's transformative. The more that we can do that in our lives and stand for equality, these are qualities of the divine that we want to em- embrace in a bigger way. You know, maybe it's just simply clarity, those spiritual practices. I know that my meditation practice brings me to clarity. I know that my prayer practice gives me something to do with my busy mind. It distracts me in a more effective and, co- and constructive way. Because the infinite is always giving, always giving, always giving. And we're at a pivotal point in time. We can, we can adopt the narrative, there's not enough, and there's doom and gloom ahead, and there won't be enough. Or we can say, you know what? I'm here to give birth to a bigger idea, a bigger possibility, that this too shall pass. How many t- people over the course of history have, have been running around saying the sky is falling? You know? And you know what? I could be wrong. But I don't want to live my life like that. I get to choose how I'm going to be on the... I could be wrong. You know, maybe there isn't enough left. I refuse to accept that. I, I refuse to join that camp of limitation. I refuse to live there, even if I am wrong, because what I want to do is I want to be, I want to be a presence of grace. I want to be a presence of peace. I want to be a presence of clarity. I want to be a presence of love on this planet for as long as I'm alive. And for me, that's, that's precious. That's precious. So I thank you for being part of this. I thank you for being understanding that your word of declaration, that your willingness to step in and be more a part of something bigger and, and possibly more beautiful than we can even imagine, that we're part of a tribe, we're a part of this tribe of love upon the planet. And where, can, and where are the opportunities for me and for, for all of us to step in and, and, and do the forgiveness work? Because forgiveness work is so important in this. Forgiveness work is huge. Because you can't, when you're in resentment, you can't be in, co- you can't be in um, a coherence with anyone. You can't be in love with anyone. So what I want to do, it's not that the story's going to go away, but you take the charge and shift the energy. That's a beautiful thing. So I encourage you to grab a, a pen on the way out, write down your word of your quality of being that's going to allow you to more richly and beautifully live in the coherence that you long to experience because you and I have choice. You and I get to decide how we're going to be today and tomorrow and to build that and grow that and grow that and grow that until a new quality arises for us. Maybe you're not ready to step into love. 
Maybe what you're willing to do is to step into peace or you're willing to step into wholeness. It doesn't matter. Just start and start small. But understand that this one thing, so when you're pondering your word, this is the one word that represents to me that if I can embody more of this, everything will change for me. And then what happens is when you and I meet on the road and when we come together, we all get your word. You're sharing it with us, whether you talk about it or not. We're not here to convert one another. We're here to inspire one another. It's a beautiful thing. So what's 2014 going to be for you? I'm looking forward to it. I'm just so excited about what's happening, what's emerging, what's, what's shifting and changing on this planet that we know that it's no longer necessary for us to be at war with one another, no longer necessary for us to be at war with, with ourselves, that all of that came to teach us and instruct us so that we can grow into a bigger us and to grow a bigger idea of what God is, is possible by means of spirit through us. So thank you so much. Blessings, and I look forward to watching the, the sparks fly in 2014 in every good way. And so it is.